As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's going on, friends? It's Cam. Uh, this past weekend was Planet Comic Con Kansas City 2019, and we did a panel. And it was super cool, or so I heard. I was not there, but... We're going to go ahead and just go ahead and get you this panel up as the episode this week and come back next week because we are exhausted. So uh, thanks, everyone, for your patience. Hope you enjoy the panel, and we'll see you next time. Well, man, I'm, glad that, I'm glad the storm let up earlier because it was rough out there. There was, like, flood conditions, man. That lightning was, that was the business. Yeah, I can't have no water on my weave now, okay? Well, yeah, thanks again, for everybody, for coming. I was nervous that turnout wouldn't be so great today uh, overall, honestly, because it was, it was rough out there. Uh, but there are more people here even than I expected. This is exciting. This is the first time we've done a panel like this. Um, we, uh, we are the Gamer Heroes podcast, so Mike and I are regulars. We have our friends. Actually, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves, if you'd like. Oh, I guess we'll start with me. Um, my name is Devno. You may also call me Debbie. That's cool. That's fine. Um, I was actually kind of inducted into the community because uh, Mr. Egan here found me commentating um, some video game tournaments at a local uh, esports bar, and we just kind of hit it off with his uh, GGKC community, and then he kind of inducted me in. So um, I just like to commentate, and I stream, and um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, I think. And I cosplay. Ah. <laughs> I am uh, I'm Mike Madsen. Um, my name is Devin, uh, aka Valteria, and uh, I'm a traveling, competing Street Fighter V player. And uh, I also run an event with Thomas over there and uh, Mike here, uh, a tournament in uh, the Crossroads area called Cross Up, and uh, that's a bi monthly event. So every other month. Hello, I am Jimmy Hart. I also somehow ended up here with this ragtag group of podcast and talking people about video games. Um, I play video games uh, for a while. I did play some competitive Smash Brothers in Kansas City. And I, yeah, I, just, I do a lot of little things with everybody here. And I kind of know some people from other places too. So, yeah, I'm here to have a good time. Yeah. Cool. Let's give a round of applause for everyone here today. Yes. Yay. That includes you guys. I'm talking about you. 
because you know we wouldn't be here without you. <laughs> well, and the organization of the Comic Con, but also you. I'm gonna take this. Uh, so my name is Thomas Egan. I am a member of GGKC, which is uh, with Mike, which is a local organization. We do anything from uh, local events, casual, uh, to CrossF, which is competitive. We uh, write articles. We do the podcast with Derek here uh, on the Heroes Podcast Network. Buy a T-shirt. Hi, Derek. Uh, they're very comfortable, actually. Uh, housekeeping, Mike. We do need to get you a mic. So somebody's got to flip a coin. Somebody's sharing. I could share. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so we are here to talk about positivity in gaming. So that's a really broad topic. Uh, the reason we chose this is that uh, to, to steal the line from Overwatch, the world could always use more heroes. And uh, I, I have a belief that the best way to make a community more positive is to increase the positivity in it, not try to decrease the negativity in it. So don't spend time focusing on the negative, spend time producing more positive. So uh, to that end, positivity means a ton of different things to a ton of different people. So each person here, uh, I'm kind of going to pry you guys with questions here, but all of you came to the table with something different. And e uh, even I had something different from everybody. So let's just start from the top. Um, first of all, like I think positivity means like, we want to talk about two main things. We want to talk about uh, how positivity has influenced us, like how we have been affected by others, and then also how we try to affect positivity in uh, the community ourselves. So, uh, Mike, let's start with you. You, uh, you told me you wanted to talk about uh, mentorships and your experience growing up with uh, the physical gaming community. Yes. So... Uh, a lot of people today are probably going to be talking to you, I, I assume, about video games. Uh, I will be talking about board games. So when I was a kid, um, I was really into Warhammer figures. So I really like Warhammer Fantasy. apologize to any of the 40K fans out there. Uh, but I remember seeing these figures and just thinking that these figures looked so cool. And I wanted to be a part of it, I wanted to paint them, but I didn't, I didn't know the first thing about it. So my brothers, my older brothers collected these, and obviously my older brothers are not going to include me in anything that they are doing. So what I did was uh, a good friend of mine who's actually also on the podcast named John Marnie's not here today. Um, we went to one of our friendly local gaming shops and there were some guys there who were actually getting ready to play Warhammer. So for me, at my age now, I now realize every year how little time I have as things move forward. So when I was 14, 15, 16, it felt like I didn't have any time, but really I had all of the fucking time in the world, right? But That's how now, it goes. Yeah, yeah, but it, it seems like every year it pulls a little bit further away from you, a little bit further away from you. So... Now, I can really appreciate the time that people spent with me to, to show me the game and to show me how, how things worked and how to break into it. So we get to this friendly local game shop, and these guys are setting up, getting ready to play. You know, they have, they have taken this time out on their Saturday to be there to play each other. They had no idea we were going to show up. They, sh they saw us just looking at the models. We were kind of like, we were kind of hovering around trying to like see what they were doing or like see if we could break in, but we were too shy to say anything. 
but these guys saw us looking at the models and they were like, oh, you guys have an interest. And, they were, and we were like, yes. And they asked, if, asked us if we had played and we said no. And they were like, do you want to? So they let us play a full game using their models that they had spent time painstakingly painting and putting together and building. They took all of the time that they had set aside so that they could play and they let us play and they, they taught us, they showed us what to do. That inclusion was something that I will never ever forget because I know, like I said, today at, at my age, I understand now the gravity of what that was. Like to them, maybe it wasn't a big deal, but to me now, that's a huge deal. And something like that is something very easy to do. If you're, if you're playing a game or something, it's really easy to like see the noob or to see the new person trying to break into the group or community and to just, you know, not treat them great because they're not the best at it. They may not compete with you. But if you want to have people to continue playing with, you have to be nice to people, right? So just doing little things like that, that was a huge impact on my life. And that was something that it's, it's made me continue to play Warhammer today. And it, it's, it's made me want to give money to those friendly local game shops because I feel like I always get that experience when I go into them. So I, I feel like for me, that is the precipice of like inclusion in gaming and setting a positive example for others uh, if you want them to play with you. So I always poke fun at you on the, on the show because every episode that Mike is on, 40, Warhammer comes up, not 40K. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I never knew that story. I never knew that that's how that started off. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, really, it was really cool. We had, we had a similar experience, too, with one of our Dungeon Masters. So I, I started playing Earth Dawn back in the day uh, before I knew what Dungeons & Dragons was. And uh, same story. Like, we had an older Game Master. Um, he was maybe in his late 20s at the time. But, I mean, we were, like, 14, 15 at the time. So he, he may as well have been, like, 50 years old at that, at that point. And uh, he, he was patient with us, taught us all of the special rules, wanted to play. Anytime we, we did something that ruined his story he would take it in stride we would kill our character we'd re-roll something new and i don't know it's just it's nice to have people who don't take things so seriously that nobody can have fun with it anymore so it's just something to keep in mind like if you're playing a game try not to get frustrated at the people that are trying to break into it because honestly if we're not including those people then we won't have anyone to play with anyway well, cool. Uh, I, have, uh, I have a similar story from when I played World of Warcraft. I played for a long time when I was in high school, and uh, I, I loved the game. I spent many, many, many hours playing that game, but I didn't have a consistent enough schedule to, to raid, so I couldn't do a lot of the in-game content. Um, so I spent my time focusing on uh, completing all the quests and running dungeons all the time. And what I did was I found a guild that was casual like I was, um, but they were serious about helping each other out and stuff. And what I found as I was as I joined there um, was that the average age of that guild was at least 20 years older than me, easily. And people were from Canada. They were from all over uh, the Rockies. A bunch of them knew each other in real life, whether that was before uh, they, they played online or some of them they met uh, online after they all got to know each other, which is always pretty cool. Um, but there were times where... I, I felt like they were my family, and I was a kid, you know, I was in high school, and um, these people treated me with respect, and like, everybody was very patient with me, they all, had, like, lent a helping hand, and that was really cool, because as a, when you're young, 
those, those small things that they might not think of, those are so impactful. And, it, you know, all it takes, you don't even have to go out of your way to help someone. You just have to think about not hindering them. You have to think about not being in their way, like in the way of having fun. Because sometimes all you have to do is just get out of the way. And uh, I, I'll never forget that because I played all the time and there were people I knew, I knew their real names. We would hang out on Ventrilo all the time so I would know like what was going on in their family life and, and stuff like that. And that's cool because I'd never met any of those people. But for them to give me an opportunity to feel like I belonged with them, that was so cool. So those are a couple experiences of kind of where we came from. Uh, Devin, I, wanna, I want you to talk about, so you're obviously very involved in the fighting game community. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so <laughs> I, I first met you a couple years ago now, something like that. And uh, I had only seen the fighting game community from afar. And it, it was tough for me to break into. I didn't understand it. Um, I, I still don't really play games that much, but I'm much more involved in the community. And obviously, we host uh, a fighting game event. Um, but it took me a long time to understand how the fighting game community operates because it's really unlike any other community I've been a part of. The fighting game community is weird, man. Uh, it's really hard to explain. Um, you know, where you guys were talking about, uh, I mean, the whole point of the, the panel here is uh, positivity and gaming and everything. And uh, there's, there's plenty of that in the FGC as well. It's just very differently kind of yeah like a different definition uh, yeah very different uh i mean it's extremely competitive and that's like where the root of that miscommunication is is uh um most of the time when you're outside of the fgc and you hear about something going on in the fgc it's always like oh there's a lot like there, here's a salty clip of this dude losing a fight and he got mad about it or uh you know these two players beefing and like I, trash talking each other all the time. My only perspective before I <laughs> met anybody was just like, oh, these people are mad all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how it uh, how it seems. But um, uh, when you're on the inside of that and you kind of see both sides of that story, it's all just passion. It's all just love for the game and uh, the desire to improve. And uh, like that's that's what real competition is. Um, I mean, at least for the FGC. And uh, something that can seem really toxic on one side, uh, it's it's actually a, like a real driving force for players in the FGC. Uh, like I know for like me and my experience, uh, I didn't always used to be super confident in my play. And uh, you know, you start to get better, you start to improve, and then there's like as as you're coming up, uh, that's when players around you will start to doubt you, or you know, you'll have some players go, "Oh wow, that guy's getting good," and they they want to help you and they want to you know, give you a, a road to follow to grind and get better. And then, then on the other side, you have the guys that are doubting you and they're not doubting you because they're trying to be mean to you necessarily. Like they're, they just don't want you to have this false like idea that you're just going to be better than everybody that easily. You like don't, they, you don't want somebody to think they're really good. Go off to a major. Yeah. You, you, then, do, you don't, you don't eat. You want to, oh man, I don't even know how to say it, but. Uh, so basically what you're saying is like the fighting community is like a giant big brother who's always constantly giving you a noogie like, hey. Yeah, that's, that's some of them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, for some players, they'll get discouraged by that and they'll be like, oh my God, fighting games are too hard. I don't want to do this. And then like for players like me, I was like, that guy who said that I can't beat him, 
I want to get better and I want to kick his ass. <laughs> so like, that's kind of the attitude you have to be, be you have to have about it. And whenever you do grind and you do eventually get better and you beat that guy, nine times out of 10, that guy's just going to say, good job. Like it's all, it's all part of the competitive spirit. It's all like, it's not, these people don't really hate each other because like the community's too small. There's no room for that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know a whole lot about the fighting game community uh, before we started doing CrossUp, but they are some of the most interesting people, like, with just how they treat each other and how the interactions go. To kind of go with, with what Devin's talking about, one of the, one of the things that happened at a, one of our tournaments was somebody actually bought a body bag oh online <laughs> and brought it to the tournament to give to his opponent that he knew by the end of the tournament he would be playing because, Amazing. I mean, the community's only so large, so, the, you know, people filtering to the top are normally the same people, but so it's, it's fun to watch. The same guy who brought the body bag lost. Yeah. <laughs> and he got put in the body bag. And, that, like, and that was, that's a really good example because from the outside perspective, you could see that as, oh, wow, those guys really don't like each other very much. But fact of the matter is those two same guys went to evo that year together as a team and they did really well so it's like there's more to the fighting game community than just your local scene it's like you said like you don't want to go off to a major and get your ass kicked because you weren't prepared so like in your local scene yeah of course you you'll butt heads sometimes or whatever but like when we travel we're a team like we're team kansas city and everybody knows who we are I want to piggyback on that a little bit because I'm not as much of a street fighter, but I did play competitive Smash Brothers for a while, and it very much is that. I mean, everybody is willing to to help. I mean, you have this, the some people that don't want to get beat by somebody who's just joining the community or something, but if you can you know, start learning and seeing what uh, people are telling you and giving you advice, and that was actually the, my first experience going there because I liked playing the game and then playing against somebody and getting beat so badly but then i mean i'm I'm sitting there just in shock because i didn't know what to expect but having them say like hey do you know what i did i'm like you won i didn't <laughs> what are you trying to just make fun of me what are you and they they started explaining you know hey you were you kept doing this move over and over don't you were doing this try to to change that up you know mix it up a little bit do this move instead because it's going to help you here and that that made it a world of difference and it made me want to go back and get better and kick that guy's ass later. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I mean, if, if all they wanted was to beat you, they wouldn't be giving you the advice. So that, I feel like that's the community right there is, like, they want you to come back. They want you to get better because they need good people to play to. Right. I, like, and if, I'm if not going to get any better at the game if you can't beat me. Mm-hmm. Like, if I just beat you every single week, like, what, dif- what, what does that do for me? But like, likewise, if you don't make, if, if I don't have fun when I lose, I'm not coming back. I'm never coming back. Yeah. So it's part of that is, hey, I just beat you. Here are some pointers because I want I want you to be a part of this community. Yeah, you just kind of have to like Mr. Miyagi them a little bit. Lights on, <laughs> lights off. But not too much lights on. You know, you don't want them to surpass you too quickly. You just want to want to help them, coach them, and foster them. But you know, you still want to have that teacher relationship for a little bit. You know. <laughs> but um, the advice I would give to that newcomer as well is like, not everybody you play against is going to be a teacher. So part of learning is being a good student and knowing what questions to ask and having a positive attitude going into that like if you're if you approach everybody uh and you don't know how to ask for that advice 
you're not gonna you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna be able to translate what they're trying to say into something that's useful for you. So I feel like a lot of players are really turned off because of that. You you kind of have to be able to learn at your own pace and figure out what you need to work on. You're not always gonna have somebody who's gonna hold your hand every step of the way and tell you exactly what you need to be doing. Yeah, because I mean it's one thing to like tell somebody how to play the game. It's another thing to have the patience exactly. for them to learn how they learn. So I think with uh, with the FGC as well, something that I've always thought was kind of interesting was, especially with fighting games, fighting games, the 1v1, you just have your one fighter versus the other fighter. It feels very personal. It's like It's not like a game where you're in a squad and you're relying on others or you're relying on other aspects of the game. It's really all up to you and what you're putting into that controller versus the other person and what he's putting into that controller. Importantly, in a fighting game, like the way that, that serious competitors play is side by side. So you're right next <laughs> to each other. You can't yep. get away. You better not be a jerk. And if you are, you better expect repercussions. You know, mm -hmm. so... Even though online play exists, really, uh, fighting games are unique because they have endured the test of time with uh, the internet age, where all where most games go online, um, those those stay local and those stay personal in a way. You know, I think that's why uh, you look at the fighting game community, the Smash community, and rightfully so, people can perceive those those communities to be toxic if they don't mm -hmm. understand, or even if they do understand, there can totally be toxic members of a, of a good community. And it takes, you know, Devin, if I hadn't met you first, if I had met the wrong person, I might not have given, uh, given the FGC the shot uh, that, I ha that I'm glad that I have. Um, so really, as individuals in any community, it's up to us, like, like you both said, not everyone is a teacher. So it's up to each of us to actively look for people who can use that mentorship, look for that person who might be having a bad time, who might not come back, but if you give them, you know, Bring them under your wing for just a minute. You know, that could be, that could have such uh, big consequences, positive consequences in your life. That's actually kind of why I got into um, MCing, because I first got like my professional first uh, MC job at um, the esports bar that I mentioned earlier, and it was for the local Mario Kart and Smash tournaments for the Wii U. And um, one of my jobs that I do is a host at a restaurant, and my policy there is like, I'm the first face that they see. You know, if I'm sitting at there and they and I don't look like I want to be there, um, they're not going to want to come in. And so that's how I treat and seeing tournaments as well. You know, um, I'm very outgoing and I want to make sure that everybody at that place is welcome. If they don't know the game very well, I try to incorporate a little bit of um, little education in there as well. But I just mainly want to make sure they're having a good time. And if I can teach them something, then that's cool too. Because not everybody's going to be watching the game and understanding what's going on, especially with something as fast-paced as, say, Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or anything like that. People won't understand like the terminology or anything like that. And so I kind of try to relate to them in a fashion that is welcoming and also palatable, you know? And because people don't want to be confused. People don't like being confused. They don't like not knowing what's going on. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't like to ask for help. You know, it's, it can be uncomfortable, especially if you're in an environment that you're unfamiliar with, with, with no friends, like you don't know anybody yet. Um, that's, you know, that's the person who's going to stand in the corner, hang out for 20 minutes, and leave and never come back. And like I said, it, it's up to us to actively look for those people, to try to invite people into the community. Yeah. yeah, I think that goes along with, like, what you guys were saying, because, like, when, Devin, you're talking about telling people that not everybody is a teacher, I feel like that 
that's something that I'm going to try to remember to say because that is a good point. Like how many people walk into a room and they want to try something new, but maybe they're talking to that person who isn't a teacher. And just like you're saying, if you hadn't run into Devin, maybe you never would have come back because, I mean, nobody wants to be around negative people. So, Especially, I still don't even play fighting games. So if I walked in there and I was just like, Hey guys, can you help me out? And they're like, "Well, what do you need to know?" And I'm like, uh, "I have no idea." Everything. I, everything. <laughs> you know. And so, really, it's, it can be overwhelming because um, you don't know what you don't know, and uh, like you, ideally, you want the barrier to entry to any community to be very low. If you want to be taken seriously, maybe you need to put in some work to understand what the community is or what the game is. You know, if you go into a competitive Overwatch group and you don't even know all the heroes, well. Put in some time and figure them out. You can ask questions. Don't expect everybody to hold your hand. But also, you shouldn't expect people to light you up because you don't know everything, right? Yeah. And I feel like uh, in gaming, in the, inter in the age of the internet, it can be very easy for people on the internet to really get upset. Sometimes people get angry on the internet. <laughs> yeah, um, that actually reminds me of... I'm going to take this right here, just so you know. The diva status. Um, it reminds me of a time that I was playing Overwatch online. I was actually just uh, starting out, and one of the characters that I really connected with right away was uh, Symmetra, uh, because as a person who cosplays, there's not a lot for me to choose from as far as skin goes. Skin tone, that's really important to me. Um, Evelyn's not my skin tone. But Symmetra, she was like a dark skin woman, and I was like, oh my gosh, I really, I really like this character. She looks like me. I have to play her, but I knew nothing about her. And she is a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Divisive character. Uh, what's the, po po polarizing. polarizing, thank you. A uh, very polarizing character. Yeah, Symmetra, she's very polarizing. <laughs> and um, so if you get on there and you don't know what you're doing with Symmetra, people are gonna be like, why are you Symmetra? Switch, blah, blah, blah. And I had one of those issues happening and I was like, well, you know, I'm still trying to figure everything out. And someone had reached out to me um, over the chat because everybody was harassing me over the voice chat. And they were like, you know, okay, well, here's what you do. And um, I was like, okay, they taught me a little bit of the ropes. And then I said, okay, well, what was going on was in the past now. Let's move along that. And everybody was tilted about everything that was going on when I was still learning. Now I know, let's work together and get this done. And once everybody was on track with you know, the teamwork, instead of trying to like, jump on my back about our not success, you know, we were able to turn the game around because everybody was like, in good spirits again. So it then just comes back to that positivity in the atmosphere, the more negativity, um, this is something my uh, aunt actually says, is the more negativity you put out, the more you get back in. And so if you're out there in a game online, um, at the table, or you know, on your fight stick, being negative, you know, that's all you're gonna get back from the community, and nobody wants to be part of that. Yeah, and the gaming community is unique in that we are really the community, right? So like the change that we would make in the community comes from all of us in this room, and not like from some, I know the friendly local game shop, like you can go there and they can set up their own, uh, their own like um, inclusive zone. But when you go online and you hop on your Xbox, you hop on the PC or something, you're the one setting that example. So I don't know. I think, I think it's just one of those things like everything else in life, just because you're by yourself on the internet and you're invisible doesn't mean you, you get to be a dick all the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, I like how we singled out Xbox and PC, like as a tabletop game. Like, like yeah, those guys are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> now that's polarizing. <laughs> yeah. So something I do like uh, that you've seen in the past five years or so is on games like Overwatch, uh, and I believe League of Legends now has it, um, at the end of your game, you can thumbs up somebody on your team. 
All it is is a pat on the back. It does nothing in the game. It doesn't make your character better. It doesn't give you extra experience. All it does is is show, like, so at the end of an Overwatch game, uh, you'll get the cards. There are four cards out of a team of, or out of a game with 12 people in it, and it'll show stats. And, and if somebody did something that was, uh, you know, remarkable, it'll show up at the end. So you might have had a teammate who you didn't really, if you might have had a Lucio, and you, were, you didn't really think about him the whole game, you weren't paying attention, he's a support character, he was off doing his own thing. And then it gets to the end, and it shows, oh, Lucio did 30 of these things. And it's like, wow, that's, that's crazy. I didn't, I had no idea that was going on. You can thumbs up it, and if enough people thumbs up it, the game shouts something out, it's kind of cool. Uh, but it's just a little opportunity for a, a social moment at the end of the game where everybody can just say, good game. And uh, same with the play of the game at the end of every match. It just shows something cool that happened, and you're all there, you know, all 12 of you are sitting watching that video together, so you get to the end, and it's like, oh man, I had no idea, that was, that was a crazy play. And it's just an opportunity that didn't exist before where you can pat somebody on the back. Like, it's, it's not like it's a crazy change, you know, it's not like... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The world is changed by these endorsements. But it, it's nice to have extra space where you can give something back to people. But that person in their world... That thumbs up could mean a lot more than you thought it ever could. It in feels general. really good to oh get that. Oh my god, somebody called me a shot caller. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they they added it so yeah, you can endorse teammates to say like you were a positive teammate, like you uh, were a shot caller, so you like yelled out strategies and stuff. And sometimes that's all you need. You might have a team full of good people, but if you don't have someone positive and encouraging to go out and say, hey, you go left, we're gonna go right, we're, we're gonna make this happen. Um, if you don't have that, your team of, of above-average players might play very under-average, below-average. They should incorporate that in fighting games, except every time you win, it just gives you all of the accolades. <laughs> if it was just you. Every single game. I was actually going to say that um, about the specific accolades, too, because it's really nice to know what your strengths are, uh, because then you're going into a match knowing, okay, well, how can I help the team? And then the, the thumbs up, the accolades, like you're a good shot caller or you're a good support character or, you know, you're a good strategist, things like that. And it's really nice to know what you are pro and what you're con in. 
because then when you have that con, you can go to someone who has like the pro, and it will be like a mutual beneficial friendship. That's a that's a good point too, because I, f- I feel like just the human nature is we always focus on what we're not as good at, because that's what is hindering us. But the stuff that we're just naturally good at, a lot of the time we don't we don't see that as something that's a, a real positive because it just comes easy to us. So. It's nice. It's nice to hear hear the positives that actually link up with your personality too, because it just kind of pulls the blinders back from it. Yeah, and and so a lot of a lot of game studios publishers, uh, they will, especially on online only games like League of Legends, um, what companies will do is though, for a little while they really amped up how they try to ban negative, like ban players for negative behavior, or like oh you got reported by somebody. You know, we've improved our report system, which is useful, but in, like improving your report system doesn't necessarily make me have a better time. Like just because I'm not seeing someone who's the worst doesn't mean my game's actually better. So if you can create ways like the endorsements um, to to actually to actively support one another, um, that that's such a great opportunity. And a, another way that a game so this isn't stuff that we can do on our end. This is game developer stuff, um, but. Uh, I play a lot of Apex Legends, which came out a month or so ago, and that game is very useful. It has a ping system where you can communicate very, very effectively without plugging in a microphone. And coming from Overwatch, which I played for a couple years, if you are playing competitively and even one person on your team doesn't have a microphone, you are at a huge disadvantage. And that's not that big of a deal unless you're a kind of player who gets picked on a lot. So if you're a woman in gaming, people will pick on you just because you you turned on your microphone and spoke. And that is a huge bummer. And um, I like in Apex that uh, that is sidestepped because you don't even have to plug in your microphone. You can, but you can totally, I mean, I've been in games where neither, per, like it's a three-person game, and you start the game and someone left, so you only have two people on your team, and you're thinking, how can we win? You don't have any microphones. But then you pull it off. You get all the way to the very end, and you win. And and you know, it's such an exciting feeling that you can, uh, you have a tool set that you can use where um, some of the parts, like so, microphones, very useful. It's great for a lot of people, but not for everybody. So, sidestepping that issue by making a system in a game that makes it easy to to do everything you need to do without forcing you to get uncomfortable. You don't have to step out of your comfort zone. That's a really nice thing for the developer to do. They did not have to do that. Um, and they did it well. did. So well that Fortnite incorporated it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know how original Fortnite is. <laughs> when you're on top, you can take anything you want. That's the right. tea is hot in here. <laughs> uh, so to that end, Jimmy, I know that you had spoken about other things that game devs can do. Yeah. I. Uh, it's actually the complete opposite, I feel like, spectrum, but... I wanted to give a perspective from even the game developer side in positivity. Um, because lately, instead of playing a lot of online games, uh, personally, I've been playing a lot of single-player experiences. And um, a, a couple of them de- being the game Celeste, or uh, even the game that's a little bit older, but Firewatch. Um, those are a couple of games that I really wanted to note and and talk about how the developers made this both of them beautiful games, uh, but these vessels to talk about and express themselves. Um, and I think that that is in itself 
very, very positive because the, the types of challenges that they talk about or even express in those games are very personal. I mean, they are very deep things about you know depression or about inequality or uh, about loss or coping with something that you don't know how to cope with. And sometimes people don't have the right way to, to talk about that with somebody or read about it somewhere. They are a gamer. They play games. They play this game and it might be really the exact thing that they needed to connect to 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 understand what they might be going through or maybe even how to deal with something like that like losing a, a son or you know dealing with depression and anxiety in different ways and i think that the way that those games did it are very well put i, I don't have much it's, it's very much an emotional experience. And if you haven't tried those, I mean, definitely play those games there. I mean, Firewatch is a few years old now. I think it was 2013 or 14 when it came out. It's probably less than $10. But it, it maybe takes four or five hours to beat. And there are multiple endings and choices and dialogue to have. And the meaningful things you can take away from that game, definitely worth playing. And games nowadays are getting more and more experimental or even uh, more descriptive in visual ways like the game I've been talking about lately a lot on each of our podcasts that we've been talking about but the game Gris it is a switch game and it's beautiful uh, watercolor visuals but it's a pretty simple puzzle platformer like a Mario style platforming game but the, the meaningful way they display those feelings that I'm not going to ruin because it is still fairly new but also, Thank you. four or five hours, <laughs> wonderful game, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, you've got games like Journey, which clearly inspired Gris, uh, where it, that game's like two hours, maybe. And I remember I played that, uh, I tried to play that with a friend, but uh, that game is really unusual. So Journey, if you're not familiar, is a beautiful game that came out earlier in this decade. It was a while ago at this point. Uh, but it's a gorgeous game. Um, you play as a character, there are no words in the whole game, there are no, uh, there's no dialogue or anything. There's a great soundtrack, uh, some beautiful shots, uh, the way you move around, around the world is great, but it's just called Journey, and you are always just going forward, you're trying to find your path forward. And uh, I was trying to play with my friend, but in that game you cannot matchmake, you, you cannot invite people, there's no option to do that. But when you're playing, it will automatically matchmake you with someone else in the world who is playing the game. So you'll be going through an area, and suddenly there's someone who looks just like you. And the only way you can communicate is through, like, you can press, you can press circle or something, and it'll ping like a flash, and it doesn't do anything except flash. Like, there's no, there's, it doesn't mean anything. But if you're playing with somebody, you can just be like, hey, you can mash it and be like, hey, over here. Or you hold it down, and it does a big flash. But you can use that to communicate, because you can't, if your microphone's in, it doesn't do anything. Like, the game is a single-player game, but someone else can hop in there. So it's funny that I was in a PlayStation party with my friend, and we were going through the game at the same rate, but we were not playing together. So we would go through an area and be like, oh, man, you see that, like, sand waterfall over there? He's like, oh, yeah, on the left side, that's awesome. And so that was kind of funny, but we were not playing together. We were each playing with some other person in the world who we got match-made. Match and... Uh, and it was cool. So, so I played with one stranger uh, for maybe 30 minutes or so, 
and then they took off. Uh, but then a little while later, I played the last, at least the last hour of the game um, with another stranger, and we played this whole time, and we used this system in the game where if you have two people, you can reach areas that you never could by yourself. But the, like, that was cool to reach those places, but the fact that we could communicate with each other only using this flashing light and communicate like, hey, over here, we should, we should try to go up here. Like, we didn't message each other or anything. To be able to connect with someone that way with, like, we may not have even spoken the same language for all I know. And that was such a great experience. Like, I remember I took a picture of my TV, and I was recently going through my phone, and I messaged this person, and they had been playing on PS3. So I was on PS4, but they were on PS3. And this was, like, three years ago at this point. I messaged him, and I was like, hey, I found your name in my phone. I remember playing Journey with you. I had a great time. And so they didn't respond for like six months, but they messaged me back and they were just like, yeah, I had a great time. Like, <laughs> you know, and that was just such a cool experience. I'd never had an experience like that before where I really connected with someone with no communication at all, no speaking, no messaging, nothing. And that really stuck with me. I mean, the game has a lot to offer on its own, but that really, that was such a, a cool way to be able to share something with someone in a way I'd never seen before. I wanted to piggyback on that a little bit, uh, going back to what developers can be and are doing and have been doing. Um, I was actually reading up on uh, Mortal Kombat and how that game is getting a little bit more notoriety in the fighting game community. But um, a few years back, I think it was uh, Mortal Kombat X or 10, I'm not sure what they actually call it, but there is a, uh, a competitor who is completely and absolutely blind. And this player, uh, it talks about how Mortal Kombat is one of those games where in any movement you have, you could step forward, you could step backward, you could do a high punch, low kick, doesn't matter. There's a sound with it. So in his you know, disability, he uses that to his advantage and he's still a player who is taking wins and taking names and you know making himself known in this game um, and there was a quote that he had that he doesn't want his, you know, condition to make somebody play less, you know, with less uh, intensity or anything, because then it feels worse if he does win, because it's not the same. And I think that even something like that, with a, it's so so little, just the sounds that you could make during a game could affect somebody's life so much. I think that it's it's definitely worth recognizing. Do you know if that's the same person who also completed Bit Trip Runner? Um, he's a blind player who completed Bit Trip Runner, like, which is a completely musical game, by the way. It's very colorful. It's all about um, exploration and identity and finding out who you are and where you come from and things like that. I really highly recommend it because it's a very feel-good game and catchy melodies, too. <laughs> but um, there was a, a blind player who completed that game like, you know, just by sound alone. So I wonder if I it's hope the same. So. I yeah. hope so. Because I do really like that game as well. <laughs> <laughs> I have the soundtrack to it on my phone, so... Disclosure. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Then, uh, I tell you what, I could keep talking about stuff, but you've heard enough of me talk. Um, Devin, I want to hear one of your favorite stories from traveling for a fighting game tournament. Uh, one of my favorite stories from traveling for Putting a fighting game. Putting you on the spot game. here. Uh, I don't know. My favorite one was probably when I was super drunk, so I'm not going to use that <laughs> one. Uh, but uh, just recently, I just got back from Atlanta a couple weeks ago for a final round, which was the first premiere event of the year. 
and uh, I had a really interesting experience my second night there where uh, I had went to lunch uh, at a place near the venue with a friend of mine that I was there with and like we're sitting there eating and then just we would just have a, a player walk up who was there for the same event and then we just start talking about fighting games and then another guy would walk up and like turns out these two players were like pretty known in the community and I didn't even realize who they were but we're all just talking about fighting games and enjoying the conversation and uh one of the players invites me and my friend to uh play in a hotel room later that night with just a bunch of other players and just get some experience and get some sets in and uh so I was like yeah that sounds cool and then um my friend ended up bailing because he's lame. Um, <laughs> but I got on Twitter and DM'd the guy. I was like, hey, did you have that hotel room number for me? He's like, yeah, sure. So he sends it to me. And I go up there. And it's like a room full of pro players. It was crazy. I was like, okay, I've met some of these people before. But this is interesting. So I, I'm sitting down playing these sets with these uh, players who I would consider way better than me. Uh, but still, like, keeping up with them and, like, kind of learning. Hey, I'm getting better and I'm improving. Um and then from that room, uh, somebody who recognized me in that room was like, hey, I'm going to this other room. You should come with me. And I was like, okay. So I did that. So I ended up jumping around between like four or five different hotel rooms in that one night, just getting all these experiences and playing with these players. And uh, like three of those rooms, which had already had noise complaints, and they're just like, <laughs> we're okay. We don't care. We're all here for the same thing. I don't think it's like whatever. Uh but that was like just an interesting experience because um, I feel like, especially for me, when I first started going to events or cons or whatever, anything like that, uh, you never really know what to expect when you go to your first time. So you're, you're like, oh my God, I hope everybody's friendly. Uh, I hope I have fun, you know, whatever. But I feel like at some point you realize that you're all there for the same thing. You're all there to have fun and enjoy the same thing. So you really can just kind of approach anybody and have a conversation about why you're there. And uh, it's like, that's definitely a really good experience that I think is relatable, whether you're a part of the FGC or not. Totally. Yeah, and to go back to the idea of teaching, um, you, can't, you can't let everyone new that wants to break into uh, a new hobby or something, you can't let them all know that there are really good people in the community, but what you can do is become a community leader. So if you have something that you really enjoy, um, I mean, we, we're always looking for community leaders in anything. So if you have some kind of video game or board game or role-playing game or whatever it is that you really like, you, you know people that you may, be, you may be able to build a community around, that's how we all play together, and that's how we build our games. So, you know, let us know. We, GGKC, we have a web page. We're always trying to get new people to help out with, with new uh, community environments. So if it's an interest to anybody, it's a good way to bring positivity into that specific area. It kind of reminds me of, like, uh, PBS. You know how it's always, like, you know, brought to us by viewers like you, contributions to viewers like you. Well, like... Communities are built by people like us and people like you. And so the more people like us and the people like you are in our community, you know, helping each other out, becoming leaders, uh, guiding people, spreading that positivity, the better the world is. And to that end, like, uh, you know, we've brought up several times that if, if you're in a community and you don't see anyone that you think looks like you, if you think you're the black sheep, 
you know, that can be really daunting. That, that, can, <laughs> that, that can be very difficult because, it, you know, you don't always want to be the person fighting the good fight. You know, the, a community, like if, if you want to find people who look like you, then you need to be that person to somebody else. But that's difficult. That, that takes a lot of courage to be that person, and not everybody wants to be that person. You know, that, it's work, it's effort, it's usually not easy. Um, and that's if you are a person of color, if you, if you have different sexuality, if you, even if you're just a woman in gaming, honestly, I get really passionate about that stuff because I just can't believe uh, <laughs> I feel like you're the way people here, treat right? it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's funny, we, um, Oh, it's uh, Cam, who's on our podcast, but he's not here today. Uh, we we had a podcast episode a couple weeks ago where we were talking about this. I want to say funny, but funny in like the worst way. Uh, this organization tried to make these jerseys for uh, for women esports players. Are you players. talking about the jersey dresses? Yes. Oh my gosh, those were <laughs> abominations. They were bad. They had chest zippers, to put it lightly, chest zippers. Like, what is that for? It's not Right, and one of the uh, pro players, she said, like, when I'm on stage playing League of Legends, the last thing I want to, want to worry about is how I'm sitting. Like, I'm here to play. I'm here to win. I don't want to be, like, specifically designated as a different gamer. I just want to be, a, like, a gamer first and a, a woman second. And uh, anyway, we, we talked about that on the show, and then at the end, um, what the conclusion we came to was... Um, like that organization didn't have a, a single woman on their staff. Like no, nowhere up and down the chain of command was there a single woman consulted about any of this. But they put this out there and they were like, finally, we've, basically they were like, we've solved it. <laughs> finally, women we are- We fixed yeah, sexism. Yeah, we fixed it. <laughs> Hashtag mansplaining. Right, so we were, we were doing that and we're realizing we're like, man, we're a podcast of two guys saying this right now. Maybe, like, at the end, we're like, maybe we should cut this because we're doing that thing we just said we should not do. Um, so we did, and I'm glad we did. Um, so, like, if, if we revisit topics like that, I'd love to have a woman on the show because, really, it's just mansplaining. It's us being like, oh, man, we have an opinion, and... Uh, I actually think I remember stars. seeing, like, a comment on that tweet that was like, someone was like, did, a, did you guys ask a woman about this? Was she involved <laughs> in it? And they were like, no. We did. Yeah. And they did, like, honestly, okay. the fact that they didn't try a little harder to hide that means that it never occurred to them that that was something that might be cause for alarm. And uh, that's they're not the only ones to do something like that. That stuff happens, unfortunately, pretty regularly. But what that comes down to is you don't just need to take, if you're a creator uh, or a, a business of any kind, if, if, you, if you really want to solve the problem, don't just ask for feedback from the people that you're trying to appeal to. Bring those people on board. You know, uh, a lot of game companies, they will, they will hire people who, like uh, cybersecurity companies, they will figure out who can hack, who can break their system the most, and they'll hire them. You know, if, if there are people out there who are like, hey, you're doing this thing, like maybe your PR is really bad, it needs to be better. Some of those companies will turn around and be like, okay, like you you seem to echo the sentiment of a lot of people in the community, can we hire you as like a consultant? And that is a great way to actually have a positive effect instead of doubling down, thinking that you know what's best. It, instead, you need to bring people on board. So similarly to what we've been speaking about, um, people can look at that executive board of, of, a, of a company and say, oh, there's someone who looks like me. You know, the same can be said about like Congress and stuff like that. Just across the board, you need 
people who, like you need people at the top who can make good decisions um, that, that aren't just assuming what people think. And uh, you know that can apply to us, like the fighting game community or any other community where uh, you shouldn't, even as a new player, but also as a veteran, you shouldn't just assume that you know what's going on with everybody else because you don't. And uh, you may be doing something that you don't realize is an issue or, or there might be even better, there might be a way to solve this problem that you haven't even thought of yet. But having a new perspective, having new blood come in and, and give a new perspective is so important. And you can apply that to just about anything. But it's all about bringing people into the fold, I think. So I think I have a question for you. Ooh. Turn it around a little bit. Um, do you have a uh, somebody that could be in you know the industry and gaming that is a big positive influence that somebody might want to look into or they don't know anything about? Oh, Jimmy, you joker, you already know the answer. Oh, I do uh, not. I love, I love talking about Jeff Keighley. Uh, Jeff Keighley is the guy who hosts the Video Game Awards, the VGAs. Um, I love his whole mantra. If you're not familiar with those, that award show, um, it used to be bad. It used to be, uh, or so no, now it's the Game Awards, so it's TGAs. It used to be the VGAs. Uh, it used to be on Spike TV back in the day. It was pretty rough. It was a lot of, it was basically uh, a company with a lot of money saying, we think that if we put a bunch of celebrities on stage and put controllers in their hands, this is going to be a hit. <laughs> and so you'd have all these people on stage, but it's like, it, clearly they were uncomfortable. Like, it just, it didn't make any sense. No, like, they were giving us what no one asked for. Makes me think of the arrested development voice that kicks in, and it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so uh, Jeff Keeley, he ended up taking over. He used to work, uh, I think, Jimmy, I think you were the one who told me this. He used to work at uh, the, the closed circuit television. Yeah, so I, I managed a, a GameStop for a really long time, probably eight or nine years. And uh, in, in every GameStop, if you still go in, um, they will have this massive TV that's constantly showing video game trailers. And uh, they have super awkward hosts like talking about video games, like they really know what's going on. And Jeff Keeley did that for the longest time, and he seemed like such a tool. Like he, he just had this aura and this, like the way he would present things. He just seemed like he was just not the kind of person I wanted to tell him. You know, hey, this game's coming out. Pre-order now. Just didn't want to hear it from him. Mm -hmm. I think and that's like a requirement for them because like everybody on the TV right now in GameStop kind of has that spirit. Mm -hmm. You know. And so it took me a long time, a long time to warm up to Jeff Keighley because, like you're saying, Jimmy, I saw him and I was just like, oh boy, it's another one of these guys. Because uh, I, I wasn't even sure if he liked the games because he's just kind of a, he has a cold personality, which I mistook as, oh, he's a business guy, like first, and a games guy second. But I just, I had, hadn't figured him out yet. So once I gave him a shot, uh, the Game Awards are, are like three or five years old, maybe five years old. And they've gotten better every year. Um, this game, I really liked them. They, they had a full orchestra on stage and all this stuff. But uh, they, they have awards like uh, games, games for Impact. Am I saying that right? Basically for games like Celeste. I think Celeste won this last year, which rightfully so. That was my favorite game of last year. Um, it's all about using games to, to tell a story um, that is impactful. Like in a, impactful in a really meaningful way. Um, so like Celeste deals with anxiety and depression in a very uh, constructive way, which, which is wonderful. Um, Thomas, I think we're out of time. Oh, I think you're right. Uh, well, you should, uh, 
well, Jeff Keighley, he's gotten on board with a lot of, like, um, the X Microsoft Adaptive Controller and all this stuff. Uh, it's just another way that it's making games more accessible to more people. And the more of that that we can see, like, if you see anybody doing something like that, support them. Uh, because those things only happen when someone like Jeff Keighley, who works for, like, not for money, but for passion, uh, when people like him are put in a position where they can uplift others, that's when great things happen. So likewise, don't just like, don't say, oh, people can do it. Like gaming could be so much better. What you want to do is actively search out those people, like you find folks up here on stage with me, uh, to, to boost your message. So anyway, all of this is to say, thanks everybody for coming out. <laughs> thanks guys. Um, we are the Gamer Heroes Podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. Uh, Mike and I are part of GGKC. We run CrossFit with Devin. Jimmy's great. Debbie's great. If you want to plug anything right now. <laughs> um, I would just like to close out, like as a final statement for me, um, when you're working with people and communities, work for compassion, not commission. Gotcha. Or, Thank or you. Both. I just came up with it. Thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. All right. Thank you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.